amen. We're going to get ready to change the order if the ushers would come. Man, again, if it's your first time here, we welcome you. Amen. So happy you've chosen to worship with us today. Amen. God of heaven, we love you. God, we ask God that you would just bless the offering today. God, we ask that you would just bless every gift, bless every giver. God, we pray, God, that you would multiply, God, for the building of your kingdom. God, we love you. God, we pray that you would bless in the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name.
Oh, hallelujah. I am glad, hallelujah, that unlike all the other religions around the world, hallelujah, the one true God has a name and just not a title. There's many, hallelujah, that have a God. But how many have a God that is personal? That he knows them by their name. And we know him by his name. Oh, hallelujah. We have something that is greater than all of the Old Testament saints wish that they had. We have the name of Jesus. And with that name, we got power. With that name, we have salvation. With that name, we are overcomers. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Well, praise the Lord. I want to definitely, um, you, you, you may be seated for a second. Praise the Lord. I um, definitely want to um, 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 say that my wife selected a good song to start off this morning because uh, we um, um, this kind of goes into almost, almost, it touches on the fringes of what we're going to be talking about ministering across this platform this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Um, first off, I definitely want to give honor to my pastor, Reverend Tommy Crutchfield, for giving me an opportunity to minister from his pulpit, and I definitely um, um, want to come prepared with a word from the Lord that can speak to us, hallelujah, that we may be able to take some of these things that are mentioned across the platform, and we may apply them to our lives, because as we live for Christ, we see and look all across America, it's not too hard to be a Christian in America, it's not, Amen. there's absolutely no persecution, well, let me not say absolutely not. There is, and it's all underlined. But nobody's being drugged out the corner. But in many nations, some I have visited, you will be. And so therefore, I am definitely thankful that today in this hour, the Bible says that one day, darkness will come and men will not be able to preach. That goes for ladies also. But the thing is that while we have our opportunity and chance, Today is the day of salvation for all of those that know us and that are around us. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And definitely, as I stated that with my sweetheart, um, definitely in um, um, 20, coming up, 27? 27. We're coming up on 27. Coming up on 27. Yeah, so, um, so right now my math not working too good as we go through this. So, But um, we're coming up on 27 years. And I tell you what, I am thankful for my wife, I am thankful for, um, um, for our children, I'm thankful all the way from my elders to my youngest, that they uh, were prayer warriors for me at one point in time. So I am, um, um, what you see here is a testimony of prayer. It is a testimony of living out your faith, and that's exactly what my wife did. So ladies... If you have a husband who's not in church, husbands, if you have a wife that's not in church, best thing for you to do is not be fickle and live out your faith as Christ ordered you to. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Well, definitely I want to go ahead and get right into the word because I know um, I only have an hour and 15 minutes. So we want to go ahead and hop on this. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, if you could all please stand, we're going to go ahead and do the initial reading of the word. Hallelujah. And if you could, go with me to Colossians 1, 27 through 29. We're going to Colossians 
1, 27 through 29. Now, I had a few that were going through my head as I was thinking of all this, um, but um, you know what? Matter of fact, I'll tell you what. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4.13. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. And I've just been stuck on this one because in my reading last year when I got to this, it just and I've been talking about it every time I think I've gotten up here this year, I've been covering this. And um, and definitely what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about the coming of the Lord. And the word reads in 1 Thessalonians 4, and I'm going to be starting with 13. And it says, um, yeah, I'm going to start there. So what Paul is talking about here, he's talking to the church in Thessalonica. And what he's talking about is he's encouraging in them, telling them that they, as I just spoke, walk out their salvation and live it every day. And not just come to the synagogue or the church, you know, as it was converting the name um, back then. Just not living it out on Sundays. Just not living it out on midweek service. But living it out everywhere that you went. Everywhere that you walked. Everyone that you ran into, um, relatives, friends, enemies, frenemies, all of those peoples of the life. And he, what he's doing is he's encouraging them. And he tells them, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep. And Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we, which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, shall not sleep, um, shall not prevent them which are asleep. So those that are dead already. So we won't stop them. Nothing stops the bum rush when the Lord comes back. For the Lord, Jesus Christ, himself shall descend from heaven. So as we all remember, Jesus ascended at the end of the Gospels, right? All right? So he went ahead and ascended up into heaven as they watched him go up. And they said, that two angels said that he would come again in like manner. So through the clouds of glory, right? And it continues, descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. Now the last time I've been doing, been talking about angels on our on our um, once a month family Bible study, we've been talking about angels because we have to know and understand angels. Because right here it says that with the voice of the archangel, how can we know when we have no idea, never studied anything about angels and how important they are? They're not preaching the gospel, but they are messengers to point us in the direction to a man that will give us the gospel. And with the trump of God. Alright, so there's going to be those of us, those of our troops, our soldiers, you know, you get that little stinger, when you're out there marching, you're doing a change of command, and they do the little stinger thing, that's what it's called. When the trumpet comes out there, and it's like, mm, and they say, call your men to attention, and then they get ready to call them to attention, and then you hear the little horn, the trumpet, the stinger, and then everybody goes to the position of attention, right? So these are commands that are coming across from the Lord. But with this trump, it says, And the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
17. Then we which are alive and remain who are here on earth or in space on a mission or on the moon or Mars or wherever they go between now and then shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So this morning, what we're going to be talking about is the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Reverend Fowler, can you pray for this service, sir? Amen. You may be seated. And thank you all for your patience. And um, um, turn the AC up a little bit. It's hot up here. Yeah. I'm in the pressure cooker with the air fryer. It's light. <laughs> I feel like I'm driving down the highway in a Ford F-150 in front of me. <laughs> Coming on. They always got those bright lights. But, um, but praise the Lord. Please don't be offended if you own a Ford F-150. It's just a fact. <laughs> Me and my daughters have taken a survey. Well, today I'm going to be doing something I've never done at this church before, and I'm going to be speaking expository. Expository. What does that mean? That means that when a minister comes up on a platform and they pick specific verse or passage, and we're going to read through the whole thing and talk about it. What I'm getting into is earlier this year, I recollect a pastor talking about being a prisoner of hope. Being a prisoner of hope. And as pastor was up there ministering back in the beginning, back in the beginning of April, I remember him saying that, that, that we have to be a prisoner of hope. That if we're not a prisoner of hope, that we have no hope. But also... With that, as Pastor talked about it, he talked about his time as he was an EMT and working at a prison. Um, when he had, um, I forgot whether he was here or whether he was up in um, uh, Rome, where he's originally from. But I remember he was talking about how it sounded when those doors closed. And after being there for 12 hours, how you felt that you were a prisoner to something. But also, when we're talking about being a prisoner or a slave to something, also... When it speaks of these words, we have to think of it in a Greek lexicon. Not that it's also, also something that's um, always derogatory. That sometimes is good. As the Bible says, as, as uh, Paul said, that I am a slave of Christ. Meaning that I owe him because he died for me. He shed his blood. So my reasonable service is to be obedient unto his scriptures, unto the gospel. And live it out in my faith, in my walk, and spread the gospel. But anyway, as pastor ministered, he had um, ministered from Zechariah 9. And what it was talking about is how the people that have no hope are lost. They have no direction. They don't know where to go. They're like a, like, like a, a, um, like a, a nest of bees which are stirred up. But us, as the church, today, the enemy is trying to do that to us. 
right here in our, you know, as we're in here, we sit in here in this, in this, this local assembly, you know, we come in here on Sunday morning, we come in here for midweek service, and we feel like everything's all right. We're walking up through the parking lot, and we just try to shake all the dust off our feet and all that, and then we get up here and have a good time, we get encouraged, we get strengthened, we go ahead, we pray through, we go ahead, we cry through, we go ahead, we might roll around on the floor, lose a couple of hairpins and all that. But then we walk out, what do we do? We pick up the same bag and the same issue, the same problem. And we let them drag us down spiritually. And even if it's not hurting us, if we're performing at work, we're performing at home, everything out there could be good and glorious. But if we have what Jesus talks about in the attitudes, the attitudes, when he's talking about the poor, he's not always talking about financials. He's not always talking about financial. He's talking about those that are poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. But here in 1 Peter, what we're going to be reading, and if you could go there to 1 Peter 1, we're just going to be reading through the whole thing. And Peter reads, he says, well, let me continue. So pastor talked to us about hope. And I was just talking to one of my daughters, just speaking to them, and I asked them a question. And this is just something I was just asking for my own, you know, as I look at things in my own life and as I, I was talking to my girls this weekend about you know investing, you know, preparing for their future, you know, and they asked, well what about the rapture? That happened, all that money is gone. I was like, well you ain't got nothing to worry about then. You have all the riches in heaven. Amen. You know, you have a you have the father that owns a cattle on a thousand hills, times a thousand hills, times a thousand hills, as I say. But the thing is I thought like, you don't have to worry about it. I was like, but if you're like me, you do want to be prepared. The Bible always tells us to be prepared, but also have a spirit of expectation. And if you get to accept one day, that's a good thing. But um, but the amazing thing is I was talking to him and I was asking one of my daughters, you know, as we talk about power, I was asking, what do you think about nuclear energy, you know, as a clean, efficient fuel? And she was like, well, it's dangerous. And I was like, well, how is it dangerous? Have you looked at the numbers? And she started rattling off a whole bunch of things. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, me, as I've been studying this out and looking for companies to invest in that do with energy generation and things such as this, I was like, you know, because I try to do it right by my conscience, you know. And I may not hug every tree out there, but I do want us to take care of the earth as it was ordained in the beginning, in Genesis 1, that God put Adam in the garden to do what? To cultivate, not just the garden, but to cultivate the world. That's what he put us here for, Adam and Eve, to cultivate. And this is before sin. For sin we were working. But so I say all this. So my daughter, she started talking and she had this fright that came across her as she talked about it. You know, now I'm not getting into the nuclear power, uh, um, coal power, uh, um, solar power and all that. But I told her, I was like, these facts or these things that you think are fact that you talk about, how nuclear power is bad. I was like, you know, I let her know. I was like, when I was a kid, I don't know who's in their mid-50s or a little bit older, a little bit longer than a tooth or hair or whatever. But I remember when I was young, when I was in elementary school, middle school, there was an issue called global cooling. So now we're talking about global warming, but 40, 50 years ago almost, we were talking about global cooling. And then after global cooling came the, the fear of nuclear war. So then the next thing you know, you know, we have this perpetual thing that the world is doing. That people have no God, so they make their own God. And what is that God? That God is something that has no hope. 
It's the fear of changing my life today so that it may bring me up. To go around holding up signs saying this, this is going to kill me. That's going to kill me. The dinosaurs, they killed the dinosaurs, now it's going to kill us. You know, but Peter is telling us here in the hope of glory that he wants us to be encouraged and strengthened. First Peter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, Bithynia, um, Hinesville, Midway, and all these other spots around the earth. Elect. And that means that you were not elected in the beginning of time, but this is God saying that you were elect because in the beginning I gave everyone an opportunity to hear this gospel, this truth, this word. Elect according to the foreknowledge of, the God, of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit. Sanctification, the holiness. Remember the word says that without holiness no man or woman would see God. Holiness. Unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And it tells us about the sprinkling. Does that mean that we just want to be baptized by sprinkling? No, but it's going back to us. It's going all the way back to Exodus 24. When Moses, when God told Moses to bring up the 70 elders and the priests. And he went ahead and he uh, anointed them. But then when he had slaughtered this calf at the altar, he went ahead and took the blood and put it on the people. And then he went ahead and took it and he sprinkled it on. It's the old form of the old covenant coming into the new covenant. What has been translated, not destroyed, as Jesus said, that he didn't come to destroy it, but he came to fulfill. And his blood is what fulfills that. So here he's talking about Jesus mixing it with the Old Testament, um, the foreknowledge that God had that one day he would come himself and be our propitiation. Yeah. Right? And then it, it continues that the grace unto you and peace be multiplied. This isn't just him giving a greeting saying peace or shalom or salam. He's saying all these things I'm telling you that are things that was preached in the word aforementioned before that this should bring you peace and give you peace. That you should have no concern or worry. Just as we read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, 17. But Peter is addressing the nations that they have traveled. And if we recognize, if we go to Acts 2, 7 through 10, these are the same when, when, Peter, when the men said, at the Peter spake, at the called off all the nations that were there, the Medes, the Parthenians, they said, are not these, those men, who are who are speaking Galileans? Well, what it is, he's talking to all the nations. On the day of Pentecost, there were at least fifteen nations there because when you read through it, that's about how many did he mention. But believe you this: mm -hmm. that the Lord did not just restrict it to that area, but this is a global thing, okay. a global um, um, inoculation for sin. That he has sent down for us through the word, through the scripture, through his prophets in time from the Old Testament that they look toward and they wish that they had. Because I, I feel that the Old Testament prophets knew what was coming. I mean, it talks about it in Joel 20, uh, 2, 28. It talks about it in Isaiah 54. It talks about all of these things of what the Lord was going to give us. David, 
had a temporary infilling of the power of God. When it says that the power of the Lord came upon him. Samson, when he picked up the gates and pulled them right off the city, guess what? He had just a touch for a moment of the power of God when it says the power of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. This is something that we live with every day, that these men wish they had a temple. But we get to walk with it every day. Hallelujah. Peter leads us in this prayer and this blessing as God reinforces some of the teachings that we have had and which will continue to go throughout his return. Hope, glorifying God, Christ, the Lord of all. Hope, three, we're reading um, um, 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again into lively hope. Let me read that again. Have got, begotten us again unto lively hope. Well, what Peter's talking about here, Peter's talking about your hope has to be active. You can't have passive hope. You just can't have passive hope. If you have passive hope, you're going to get tripped up by the things of this world. You're going to lean on your um, uh, on your happiness. Pastor talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, um, yeah, one of our ministers that talked about the difference between um, happiness and joy. Brother Josh, yeah, that was uh, this this week, the midweek service. He had talked about happiness and joy. But the thing is, joy gives you active, live hope, where happiness gives you a temporary hope at that moment in time. Until um, you trip over something walking down the aisle and embarrass yourself. <laughs> or you're up here spinning around like Tasmanian angel, <laughs> bumping or something, not, not past the platform off or something like that, right? Well, the thing is, we got to have joy in the Lord. But joy comes by our faith being active, by walking in the light of Christ, by going out and living it in our faith in all that we do. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what we have hope in. We have hope that we are from here on out, that we are eternally living with the Lord. Now, somebody, everybody, 100%, will go somewhere upon the judgment. Whether we're in the presence of Christ or whether we're in the darkness. But let me remind us that we have hope that if we are walking in the faith and we spread the gospel, because the gospel is... Um, I was looking for a word like meaning infectious. But I want to say, I want to say infectious because in America when we think of infection. <laughs> but I want to say that it, it's something that, 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 that we want all to catch around us. It's not by accident when you go to work that the Lord surrounds you sometimes. We just hired somebody at my job and um, I know he's not watching yet because he just got here this week and I just met him. But he's a minister. Now, what entity organization out of is not of me, but it is none of my business. But the thing is, as long as men and women are preaching from the word of God, absolute truth, because there is absolute truth. The world doesn't want us to believe it. The world wants us to think that, that, that truth is transitory, that it's transitive, but it's not. 
there is absolute truth. There's things that God set in order from the beginning of time, which he is timeless, and we are not. But the thing is that the Lord made truth because he is truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And therefore, whatever he states is always going to be factual. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. So we have to be have hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When you when you're talking to somebody, somebody says they're a Christian and they and they live for the Lord and all that stuff. Well, what is the basis of your Christianity? Well, the basis of our Christianity is stated right here. We have hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If they don't believe that, they're not a Christian. Right. That's what everything is hinged upon. Yeah. Everything is hinged upon. It's not hinged upon us speaking in tongues. We need that. That's a sign. That's a regeneration. The baptism in Jesus' name, water burial. That is what we need, definitely. But you can't have this. You can't have repentance in Jesus' name. You can't have speaking in tongues. You can't have the infilling of the Holy Ghost if you don't have the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the God of all glory. And it continues. I like this one because it says, who are kept, oh, four, to an inheritance. So we believe in Jesus Christ, resurrection from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and faded not away. Like I just said, that he's eternal and that we are not. But if we take on Christ, we are from there on immortal. As the scripture says, every man will die one day, right? And then the judgment, that's us. The thing is, when we're judged, though, we want to continue to live. And we don't want to be have death, take part in death, which means that they're going to be alive. They're just not going to be with Christ. And we want to go ahead and um, push this word out and live it out so that others may see, so that we may be able to minister to those that inquire about our what? Our hope. Of faith. And 1 Corinthians is like the same thing. In 1 Corinthians 15, it reads that we must put on incorruptible. That's what Peter, not Peter, that's what Paul was talking about when he's talking about the, to the Corinthian church. He's saying that we must put on incorruptible, meaning we must put on Christ. Who are kept by the power of God through faith until salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And we just read about the last time. The last time and the last days, right? The end of days, all of these things are different code words, signals showing us, pointing to the end. Now, whether you believe in premillennialism pre or postmillennialism or, you know, th that's not the main thing. The main thing is an important thing, let me say that. But the thing is that we have to know that the Lord is coming back for his church. And whether you believe it's before the tribulation or after the tribulation, that we have to endure all the way through. That's what he's talking about here, that we have to endure. Right now we're going into the trials. As we talked about the hope in the beginning, now we're talking about the trials. Riches and grace which keep us. And this is the regeneration in six. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. The, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perished. So that means that 
You know, beyond all the riches on, in this world, that we have to have what? We have to have faith. We have to have faith that when we got a million dollars in the bank, that the Lord's going to take care of us. And not let somebody rob us at the ATM, right? Amen. And shoot us. For what? For a couple of pieces of paper or Bitcoin or whatever you do. Or, even better yet, or as some say, <laughs> let's say on the flip side of that coin, that Bitcoin, or I go to the bank and I'm pulling out my last $10. I still have to feel the same way about Christ, but also the same way about life. Because this is a trial that sharpens me. And it continues, though it be tried with fire, talking about the gold, and you, because you are like gold, right? It's burning things up. And when you burn things up, all the garbage rises to the top. top. And gold is one of the heaviest elements in the world, right? So what it does is it sinks to the bottom. And so therefore, the Lord takes us and when life fires us up and cooks us and brings us to a boiling point where everything starts melting away, what happens is all the garbage is going to rise to the top. What's in you will come out. So therefore, when the garbage rises and we stub our foot, bam! And you have worked with somebody here, you yell out with an explicative, and it's not the Lord's name in truth, not as a byword or a curse word or something to that effect. But the thing is, if you come out with truth, the word of God, Jesus, what was that? You know, you, you, yell out, you don't have to yell out the Lord's name. But if we yell out with a curse word, we think a curse word, we need to continue. The Lord is still working on us. Amen. The Lord is still working on us. This is where the Lord is, well, the Lord's not, sometimes he is, he does test us, he does bring us, he allows us to go through these trials, to scrape off all of the garbage on top, and that's what he's getting out of us. And James 1, 12, it talks about this. It says that blessed is the man who perseveres. And then we continue in 8, um, verse 8. Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not. So we don't see Jesus, but yet we are believing. Amen. Yeah. We rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Yeah. Full of what glory? Full of his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know. This is not something that we're going to run, jump up, and run about. But I want us to hear. I want us to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Nine, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Of which salvation the prophets had inquired and searched diligently. Right, right. Who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. This is what I was talking about when I was talking about Joel 2.28. When I'm talking about Isaiah. When I'm talking about all these past prophets that bought. Because they, they read about it. They heard about it. They knew that something was coming down the pipe. That was going to give man strength. That the Lord was going to pour himself into us. That we'd be able to have the power to do the miraculous things that they could only hope for in the Old Testament. They was hoping that they had what we had. But the only thing is, we have a lot of people in the New Testament period in time that have missed out. And why is that? Because they didn't listen to the Old Testament prophets. you got to know what the word says throughout because they had a hope, they talked about a hope, and in the New Testament, that hope came. But that hope is not just for them. That hope is a continuance all the way through to the perfecting of our salvation and the scriptures read. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
I like this because it says, have inquired and searched diligently. They was looking. They're even looking under rocks. They're pulling water out of them, looking for Christ. Hmm. Prophesied of the grace that should come. Grace that should come. They weren't living in grace. They wished they had it like us. It would have been a lot easier. A lot easier. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow. That's where we're at. The glory that shall follow. Everything that we partake in the Word of God as we live out our faith is the glory of Christ. And we want that glory. We want to have overflow in our life. See, if we're full of Christ, when we stub our foot, we're going to get good things that come out. Mm -hmm. Don't you want somebody to be sitting next to you at work when you're in a meeting and you get bad news? Don't you want the person sitting next to you, to your left and to your right, to receive that overflow of God's glory, that gold that is coming off of you that's at the top because that's what you're full of? The gold of Jesus Christ, the glory of Jesus Christ, and not the, the sludge and the impurities and the dirt and the mud. I know Mary Mary saying that, you know, it takes a little dirt. No, stay away from that. <laughs> you get all the dirt out of your hand. You want to be a hydroponic plant. If you know what that is, that's those plants that grow. They just grow with water or grow in the air and it's suspended. It's new technology. That's another one that's going to come. I got, I, got, I got one I've been working on that, that's talking about your operating system. If you're on the old and you're using Android or Linux or iOS, get off of that. Because when the Lord went from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it was a new operating system, baby. That one will be coming to you next. That's a commercial. <laughs> but praise the Lord, where was I at? All right. All right. So unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us. So see, it was revealed unto us. They were talking about it. They preached about it. They was waiting for it. As Paul, when we read First Thessalonians, Paul was saying, those of us that are so alive, he was talking like it was going to happen before he passed away. We need to have the same spirit of expectation. The same spirit of expectation to keep us, to maintain us. Which are now reported unto you that have preached the gospel unto you, as you hear pastor preach it every week. With the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, that means that's the comfort that helps you. Jesus said, I have to go so the comforter may come. Which things the angels desire to look into. The angels wish they had what we had. That's why the devil is mad. That's why he's trying to take and drag you to hell with him. Because he wants company. Because misery loves company. And because he did what he did. And the one third that followed him. We have to remember that we got two thirds that are on our side. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And now we go into the final paragraph. And this is going to be the eternal hope. Eternal hope. Where, and this is 13, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. And when we say this, you know, man, we have destroyed England, the, the Queen's English. You know, we just take sober and we think we always take it toward drunkenness. But when it says be sober, Many times that it reads in the scripture, the word is telling us to be rightfully minded. It means be focused. It, it, mean, it means don't be scatterbrained. Jesus, help. 
It means to be conditioned, be hopeful, be thoughtful. You know, all things, right? Everything that we do in life starts with what? It starts with the consideration of Christ. When I'm at work and I need to stamp for an envelope because I'm mailing something to my mother for her birthday, do I just use one of the stamps at work? <laughs> or, do I drive to, or do I drive to the post office beforehand? Well, whatever. I might be the stamp guy. Actually, I was running the post office for a minute. And it comes across your mind. And you have to, you have to, you have to resist the devil. And he shall flee. And I said, oh, not today, Satan. You ain't gonna get me. You ain't gonna get me for a federal crime for stealing a stamp. A 51 cent stamp. And even more so, get me in the abyss to go with you because I stole a stamp. Now I know there, there's things not just saying I was just walking the light every day. I tried as hard as I can. But my wife would tell you, man, and she would tell you some stories of this guy. But the thing is, I want to be righteous with God. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought into you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When you receive that revelation, hold on to it and continue to build on it. As obedient children, because that's what we are. Sometimes we're children, foolish in our own ways, thinking we're going to get away with something our father's not going to know about. Our brothers and sisters don't recognize it. Or if our brothers or sisters call us out, we get mad and upset with them. Why in the world are you going to tell dad that I did that? Or mom, the church, meaning pastor. <laughs> because the church is our mother and Christ is our father. Right? But the thing is, we are provoked unto righteousness. And it continues, not fashioning yourselves according to our former lusts, which were in our ignorance, you know, I might have did some things, but I had to leave those things alone. There were a lot of things that I just dropped off. And some things were just for a season that was bad for me. Like certain types of music. I didn't even want to listen to certain certain um, genres. You know, and it, and it took me about 14, 15 years to get over that to not think of, you know, at the club jamming, you know, listening to some biggie. Or some, some SWV, or I'm doing old school now. <laughs> or some guy, or some, you know, all these old things. We got to come into the new. Amen. Take on Christ. But as ye, as he, which hath called you as holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. And that goes all the way back to Leviticus 11.44. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons, I only got five minutes, so I'm not going to be much longer, judges according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Oh, man, I remember this captain asked me when I was in Iraq. And he asked me, I put up some scripture, and I put up, you know, that, you know, even a man that feared the Lord, you know, making his enemies to be at peace with him. You know, Proverbs, and I put them up every day on my little wall locker, right? And this captain, he was always going to be scared of God and fear. And I had to break it down for him, which was great because I had a lieutenant. Lieutenant O'Connor, who was a, a very smart man, and um, he broke down in Chinese for us, in Mandarin. He was fluent in Mandarin, had worked in the NSA, and he wrote on the board how in the American lexicon, we have one word means many things, but in Chinese, he wrote down like the word fear, and they had three different words for fear, or five different words for the word love, but they were different words. 
But fear, when we think about it, if you look, I have to let y'all, I might have to bring my old school Webster's Dictionary. In my old school, I found one that was a 1973, because the dictionary is changing as we go every year. But in my old 1973, I used to read the dictionary when I was a kid, when I was bored, my hyperness, so my mom made me read the dictionary. But the thing is, when you look up the word fear, it talks about in very absolute high reverence. Meaning that you have a fear you do not want to disappoint, as your children don't want to disappoint you when they get in trouble. Sometimes as your children do things above and beyond because they want to make you proud of them. Because they have a fear of not measuring up sometimes. But we don't want to do it until we want to do it into righteousness. Not where this fear brings us to cheat. Where this fear brings us to do things that are adverse. Or to be fearful like scared of. But to do it that, to have a high regard, a high reverence for a loved one. A high reverence for our God. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, because that cannot save you, even though they have millionaires, billionaires putting chips in themselves, drinking all kind of concoctions, trying to stay young, trying not to die, trying to save their memory to computers and things such as that. This, this is true. This is what people are trying to do. From your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Hmm. Traditions of your fathers, those evil things. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, and it goes all the way back to the sprinkling at the beginning that we were talking about, without blemish and without spot, who barely was foreordained before the foundation of the world. That means that God had a plan that Christ is not eternal, meaning that there wasn't always a Christ until he was born. Unlike some believe who believe that. Oh, well, there was the Christ, there was the Holy Ghost, there was three separate entities all the way from the beginning. Eternal, up in heaven, talking to one another and planning, plot. No, this is all God. Who, when he came on earth, the Christ was born. Um, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, which Jesus said, I will rise up myself. The Bible says also that God will raise Christ. So what does that mean? Christ said, I'll rise up, my, raise up myself. But that means that he's God. Amen. And it continues, gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. And this goes back to Colossians 1, 27, 29, which I was about to read at the beginning and we'll read at the end. Seeing ye have purified your souls in the obeying of the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of your brethren. Seeing that ye love one another with a pure heart, fervently, that means on fire, that means sharpening one another, that means not letting us fall, that means that when my brother falls, I'm going to pray for him, I'm going I'm I'm to minister to him, that means I'm going to sit with him, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as a flower of grass. So the flower of grass, you know, gives off the little, you know, when you see it in the spring, see all the pollen, you know. But the glory of man, there is no glory. Our glory has to be a reflection of Christ. The grass which withereth and the flower thereof falls away. That's what Christ is talking about. That's what the word is talking about. That us, as grass, as flowers, it will all be burned up. But the word of the Lord endure forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. If you could please stand as I close out. Why did I talk about these things? 
as I've been around and been always considering and thinking, as I've looked, we're coming up to where people talk about hope and the world's trying to take our hope away. Today is global warming, but you got something else that's coming. I remember I was in Indiana last year working with some co-workers of mine as we went to a convention. And there was a big release on CNN and all around the news and all that, that the government had just declassified some materials. And it was pictures of UFOs and aliens with big old heads and black eyes. And they're coming for you. They're coming for you. You see, global warming is only going to last until the winter hits. But then the enemy is going to come out with something else to distract us. That billions of people around the world can march on. Can get on YouTube and TV and argue about it. That people could go burn buildings down about. Because they have no hope. But those of us that reside in the house of Christ. We have to know that we have hope. That we have hope. And as we live it. That one day, when we fall asleep as our fathers, that the Lord will return and we'll be raptured. It's almost even better because just a nanosecond before everybody who's here in the line, you'll be going to heaven. You'll be flying through the sky faster than Superman. But no cape. Capes of angels. But in Colossians it reads, To God, whom make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his word, which worketh in me or us mine. This altar is open and let us come before the Lord and pray for the hope of this world. And we need to be agents of hope. Change over, change agents. To give man hope when someone asks you about global warming or the aliens. When the men sitting at the table asked me as we was eating lunch at this little place, what do you think? And I told them, I'm like, what better way for the adversary of our souls, Lucifer, Satan, the enemy of our soul, that liar, that deceiver, that old dragon, but distract us thinking that some aliens are going to come here and give us some new technology or find another planet for us that's a better planet than this planet or something like that or that the world's going to burn up. It's going to be burned up. But as Christ said, it's not going to be because of global warning, but it's going to be because of judgment. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, as we come to you today, Lord Jesus, we want to just pour out of our hearts, Lord Jesus, that we'll be able to minister hope everywhere that we go, Lord. Anytime, Lord, that we have bad news, Lord, hallelujah, at work, let us find something good, Lord, those good nuggets, those good things, Lord, that we can pull from it, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. To be able, Lord, to be change agents, Lord. That we are men and women, Lord, that are crisis agents, Lord. But we're crisis agents that work for Christ. 
that when someone, Lord, hallelujah, is downtrodden, when someone is discouraged, when someone has no hope, that we'll speak hope, that we'll speak life, that we'll speak strength, that we'll speak power. Lord Jesus, we are thankful, Lord, for the gospel. We are thankful, Lord, that you have ministered to us, Lord, your word, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would just plant a seed, Lord, a seed, a seed of provocation, Lord, for the righteous things, for the good things, for sanctification, for holiness, for the eternity with our Lord God, Jesus Christ, the one that was, that died, was buried, rose again, and ascended, that he may send the comforter to me. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.